By the end of that first day, on the 16th of March, <clears throat> 2020, I felt exhausted. Two clients were self-isolating and weren't going to continue work. One whose partner had possible contact with someone with COVID-19. The other didn't have a private space to call from. I realised through the day and in talking to other therapists who consult with me, the importance of the therapy space in providing privacy and safety. It's a bit of a cliche for us therapists, the idea of providing a safe space. I came to realise that having or offering a private space might be a more useful description these days than simply a safe space. Many were struggling to find private spaces in their home full of family members or friends and with the lockdown heading off in the car to a car park to find privacy stopped being an option. Sadly, some were able to, unable to continue their therapy due to the unavailability of these private spaces. Whether I should or not, I had never considered the possibility that some people might not have access to the private spaces that I have at home. I felt privileged, entitled and a bit ashamed for not considering this. I recognised the importance of a therapy space differently, offering privacy, perhaps, more than safety. It made me remember from a few years ago when I was applying for my professional accreditation. A colleague with whom I consulted brought my attention to a section in my application where I described the importance of my room, its ambience, its energy, the light, the ever-changing tree outside, as all contributing to the success of therapy. He pointed to the field outside his window and said to me that if I had two chairs in the field, I sat there with a the client, I would offer the same service as I do in my room. It had nothing to do with my room, he said. I guess he was right to a degree, but not now, not with COVID-19. I miss my room, remembering that it offers privacy for myself and my clients. And in my downtime, it offers me privacy as well. How valuable is that for all of us? And how rare for some? As I moved into the second day working from home, I rose early and drove nervously to my office to bring some essentials that I'd forgotten the previous week. I was grateful that the building was empty as I put on my blue gloves to enter the building. It must have been the quietest St. Patrick's Day on record and on the way in I think I saw one lone soul wearing an Ireland rugby jersey. Back home and in sessions, people talk constantly about the impact of COVID-19 on themselves, their family and friends, and were keen to know how I was. Was I safe? Was I well? I guess, had I been infected? I was happy to have these exchanges, but noticed waves of anxiety that, the, that seemed familiar, familiar to those I would have had as a child. Yet here I was trying to be an adult, a therapist for others, when at times I felt I could barely be here for myself. Still, we managed, and as the first wave of what on earth is going on receded in the sessions, we managed to move into what I guess I would call work. Of course, as I remind those who consult with me, 
It's all work, not just the bits where I feel I'm being useful. People were saying that it was helpful simply to check in, talk, ask questions, connect. Say what they weren't able to say to family or friends, or that hadn't been formulated yet. They were beginning to be able to put some words to the feeling in this very strange and bizarre time. I did notice the times between sessions that I would have contact with my partner at home, in contrast to being in my office, where my time was my own and I could begin to process work between sessions. At home, I found this a distraction in terms of processing and proceeded to eat a full lunch with dessert in the middle of the day, leaving me with those dreadful afternoon dips. It was helpful to begin to recognise and take account of the difference is that we're emerging in this time, this very, very strange time in our lives.